Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Today, we will break down the second annual Match Play Masters, and we will look ahead to the winter schedule, which is all but locked in. I wouldn't call it 100% locked in, but it's close enough to reveal it to you today. So what we're going to do is we're going to um, you know, break down the match play masters as best we can. We don't have that many stats. We have some stats. Um, I'm going to break down for you what I believe was the top five matches from last Saturday, the winning percentage from each group. We'll take a look at the double elimination losers bracket who ended up winning that one. Um, I was really glad how that came out. Um, let's start at the top. Um, Sean Brown winner, uh, he went 5-0 and on the day. The only player, of course, with a perfect record. Everybody else had uh, two losses. Last year, Sean Brown won the Match Play Masters, but did have a loss on his record. He... Um, you know, had to face off against Matt Rolstead two separate times um, in order to uh, take down the championship. Aiden Carlson, 0-2. Cameron Aselius, 1-2. Brady Storhoff, 1-2. This group, the 1-8 seed group, had a 7-6 and record and a winning percentage of 53 or .538. Uh, that was the second highest winning percentage uh, on the day if we combine the four groups, which I did. Uh, the Matt Rolstead group, the 4-5 group, the Matt Rolstead, Sean Anderson group, Matt Rolstead was 1-2 on the day. Michael Carlson, 2-2 two two on the day. Sean Anderson, 2-2 two two on the day. And Brandon Storhoff, 0-2 oh on the day. This group actually had the lowest winning percentage of anybody with a 0.384. The Eric Aselius, Caden Aselius 2-7 group that contained also Michael Mike Pendleton and Mark Janini. Eric Aselius went 3-2, Mike Pendleton 1-2, Caden Aselius 3-2, and, and Mark Janini 0-2. This group had a 0.466 winning percentage. Um, second from the bottom, third from the top, depending on how you want to look at it. And lastly, the Zach Asilius, Josh Benish group, uh, Zach Asilius, four and two, Riley Moore, two and two, Josh Benish, five and two, and Kathleen Malone, oh and two. Josh Benish did play the most matches last Saturday with seven. This group had the highest winning percentage of a 0.578 uh and a, a record of 11 and 8. I should note that the Eric Aselius group had a record of 7 and 8 and the Matt Rollsed group had a record of 5 and 8. And then of course, I think I mentioned this already, but the Sean Brown group had a record of 7 and 6. If we look at the losers bracket, the folks that finished 0 and 2, they went ahead and played a foursome and in that foursome what we essentially did was low score gets points. So if everybody in your group or if the first three players in your group registered a two and you register a three, the other three get a, a point. You don't get any points. If the first three players register a two and you ace the hole, you register a one point and nobody else gets any points. So um, Mark Giannini comes in first place in a tie with Brandon Storhoff. They each had 11 points or 11 holes, if you will. Kathleen Malone had, excuse me, I said that wrong. Brandon Storhoff and Mark Giannini both had 12 holes. Kathleen Malone registered 11 and Aiden Carlson registered seven holes. Um, 
top five games. And you could look at this, you know, a, a couple of different ways. Um, nobody went to 22 holes. We had a couple of people went go to 21 holes, and I believe all three of them uh, made it on to this one. Actually, yes, I think all three of them. Nobody went to 22 holes, and we went had three people go to... 21 holes. Just confirming that I got this correctly. So I'm going to count this down from five to one. And again, this is just my opinion. You know, there's there's not much, you know, meat for me to, to go into here because, again, I don't have individual stats from each each one. I do have a little bit of memory from some of them, um, which I'll try to recollect here. But of course, you know, early on we had we had, you know, one of these matches there was eight separate matches going on at at one time so i i don't even know if i really had any any recollection of that so whole uh the the fifth most interesting or fifth best we'll just call it match of the day was sean brown defeating aiden carlson three and two in the opening match and you know i wanted to put this one higher but it was the only one that wasn't one up. The other four are all one up. This one was three and two. But let's just let's just do some compare and contrast here. I was not expecting this type of performance from Aiden Carlson against the eventual winner and number one player in Puttcraft, Sean Brown. So three and two means that Sean Brown was up three holes with two to play. So so Aiden went sixteen holes. On Sean Brown, and if we look, um, you know, at Sean's, uh, you know, other matches, Sean went three and two with Brady Storhoff. Sean went one up with Sean Anderson after twenty one. Sean went uh, two and one with Zach Aselius the first time, and four and three with Zach Aselius the second time. So if we compare and contrast Sean Brown to Aiden Carlson, Sean Brown has a BE percentage of 52.78% this season. And um, give me a second here to find Aiden Carlson's BE percentage. It's 25%. It is of players who have three or more events this year. It is the lowest. Okay, so Sean Brown, 52.78%. Aiden Carlson, 25%. Let's look at BEP percentage. Again, Aiden Carlson of players who are are eligible this season, three or more events, he's got a 62.96. That's lowest. Sean Brown has a 90.56. That is, I believe, highest. That is highest. Um, needless to say, Aiden Carlson had no business taking Sean Brown um this far uh on the day. And while I have you here. Let's take a look at the scorecard because while I I, I I I haven't really I haven't taken anybody's stats because we don't really have them, you know, because yes, we have some of your aces. Um, but really let's let's take a look deeper at this scorecard because I think it's really interesting. So right off the bat, Aiden wins the first hole. And I'm gonna assume that these two started at hole one. I don't think they did, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that because it's just easier. Um, right off the bat, Aiden wins the first hole, hole one, and he's one up. Then he pushes Sean on hole two and hole three. And again, we're pretending here. I don't believe they started on hole one. Um, 
Sean then takes the next two, four and five, to go one up on Aiden, and they push on six and seven. Aiden then wins eight. Now they're tied after eight. They push nine. They push ten. <laughs> they're tied after ten holes. And I bet you Sean's thinking, okay, okay, maybe, maybe we should start getting serious here. Um, Sean wins 11. Sean wins 12. They push 13 and 14. So Sean's up two through 14. Sean then wins 15 and only needs to push on 16 um, to secure the match. And he does. He pushes on 16. He secures the match. And, you know, they finished here on... 17. So it's possible that they did end up starting on one. Um, Sean and or Aiden, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong there. So that's the 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 number five match. Number four was a match that took place in the oh, we'll call it the I guess we'll call it the semifinals. Uh, and that was oh, I think that's wrong. This was actually a this was a loser's bracket match to get back to Josh Benesch, to get back to Zach Asilis. You know, there's really no quarterfinals, semifinals in match play in, in this situation. So we'll just kind of, uh, this was on the other side of the bracket. And this was uh, Caden Asilius one up over Eric Asilius. This was Eric Asilius' um, uh, uh, elimination match um, after just beating Riley Moore five and four. I believe that was the the widest margin of anybody. Um, I guess there was a five and three that Josh had over Kathleen. So I think five and no five and three is better for Kathleen than five and four is for Riley. Sorry, I'm doing kind of an on-air production meeting here. So five and four is the widest margin of victory because that means that there's still that that you guys skipped four holes. Um Eric Asilius beat Mark Janini five and four. Eric Asilius beat Riley Moore five and four. <clears throat> Excuse me, Josh Benish beat Michael Carlson five and four. Um and Caden Asilius beat no, excuse me. Zach Asilius beat Caden Asilius five and four. Um, and that was it. That was the widest margin of victory for anybody um, last Saturday. Okay, back to Caden Asilius one up over Eric Asilius. Sorry, I get a little bit messy there. I do have the scorecard for this one. And here's how it played out. Again, I'm going to assume they started on one. I think they did. I think some of these that got towards the end of the bracket did end up starting on one. They pushed the first six holes. Eric won seven. Caden won eight. They pushed nine, ten, and eleven, which means they were tied heading into the twelfth hole. Eric won the twelfth hole. They pushed thirteen. They pushed fourteen. So Eric is up one heading into fifteen. Caden wins fifteen. Caden wins sixteen. They push on seventeen and 18 there. So, you know, Eric heading into hole 15 with the one-shot lead and and really just has to protect that lead, but unfortunately was not able to do so as Caden uh, Hesilius beat Eric uh, in, in, what are we here? We're at one up in 18. If we go to the number three matchup, at least number three in my opinion, uh, these are last three were all one up in 21 holes. So they're tied through 18. They go to 19, they go to 20, and then finally in 21, no match went to hole 22. This was Josh Benish 
versus Cameron Aselius. This was an elimination uh, match for both of them. So Josh had beat Kathleen in the first round and then lost to Zach. Now, we know that Josh goes on to play uh the most events last saturday he was five and two overall so josh does win this match versus cameron cameron loses his first one against brady storhoff one up in 19 holes and then beats aiden carlson four and three this one when one up uh into 21 now this is why this is interesting we know that josh wins this he then goes and beats michael carlson who's two and two on the day including a win against Michael Mike Pendleton, who beat Eric, Eric Seelis in the opening match. That was kind of wild. We'll get to that in a second. Um, that's actually, you know what? I don't want to forget this. That was actually my uh, honorable mention, is Mike Pendleton defeats Eric Seelis one up. That was probably, I don't want to call that the biggest upset of the day. Technically, Aiden Carlson's 3-2 and two loss to Sean Brown wasn't an upset, but feels like the biggest upset, if that makes sense. So, you know, Eric Asilas came in as the number two seed um, and, you know, had earned that number two seed and Mike Pendleton ends up winning that one and then loses his next two matches. So that was my honorable mention. Okay, back to where I was before. Cam Asilius, Josh Benish. Josh wins this match, then goes on to beat Michael Carlson, then goes on to beat Sean Anderson, uh, then goes on to beat Caden Asilius. Now, if... Cameron somehow squeaks this out and we'll go through the scorecard here in a second. There is none of that. Cameron advances. Maybe Cameron loses to Michael Carlson. Maybe Cameron beats Michael Carlson. Then maybe Cameron beats Sean Anderson or maybe Michael Carlson beats Sean Anderson or maybe Sean Anderson beats them both, right? And then he goes on to play Caden Asilius. Maybe he wins it. Maybe he doesn't. Goes again. You know, so it's that's what I love about brackets is you just don't know. All right, I'm going to assume that they started on the first hole let me see here if I can get any. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think they did start on the first hole because their three extra holes were one, two, and three. And I told everybody just to keep playing if you're going into extras. So they push one and two. Cam wins three. They push four, five, and six. Josh wins five. No. Josh wins. They push four, five, and six. Josh wins seven. So they're all square after seven. They push eight, they push nine, they push 10, they push 11, they push 12, they push 13, they push 14. They are all square heading into 15. Cameron wins 15. Josh wins 16. Josh wins 17. Josh is up one hole heading into hole 18 that Cameron wins so they go into extras, they push 19, they push 20, and then Josh ends up winning 21, hole three, which Cam had won earlier in that match. A really, really, really solid match that Josh Benish ends up winning over Cameron Asilius. That was our number three ranked match of the day. Let's see if I got the scorecard here. Number two was Sean Brown one up. Um, over Sean Anderson in 21 holes. This was Sean Brown's toughest match of the day, and it happened in Sean's third match. So this is just kind of the way that the brackets fell. Now, Sean Anderson was the five seed coming in, and 
It's one of those things where it's like, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, all things different. Remember, Sean Anderson was originally the sixth seed. I had, I pushed him up to five. It wouldn't have mattered because Tom Loftus wasn't there anyways. Sean was going to be five regardless. And, you know, this was a really, really, really tough uh, group because it had Matt Rolstead, um, uh, you know, who was the player of the year last year and had Michael Carlson who ended up going two and two. Um, so this was a really solid match. And let's take a look at this one. It looks like they also started at hole one. They pushed one. They pushed two. Sean Brown won three. They pushed four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Sean Brown won 10. So they're Sean's two up heading into 11. They push 11. Sean Anderson wins 12. <clears throat> so the lead now is down to one hole for Sean Brown. They push 13. They push 14. Sean Anderson wins 15. So they're all square heading into 16. They push 16. They push 17. They push 18. They push 19. They push 20. Sean Brown wins 21 or hole three. He won it on the first time around. He won it on the second time around. Sean Brown won up over Sean Anderson. Sean Anderson is who gave Sean Brown, I believe, his toughest match of the day. That leaves... That leaves, excuse me, our number one match of the tournament, in my opinion, which was Eric Casilius one up over Matt Rolstead in the losers bracket. And let's just let's just take a look at how we got here. Okay. Eric Casilius loses his first match against Mike Pendleton, who Mike Pendleton would then go on to lose to Caden Casilius and Michael Carlson. His day's done. Okay. Interesting how that happens. Sometimes it's just just the way it is, right? You get hot, you get cold, whatever. Um, Matt Rolstead, where are you, Matt Rolstead? Wins his first match three and two over Michael Carlson, then loses um, four and three over Sean Anderson. Heads down to the losers bracket, where he will play Eric Celius, who had to beat Mark Janini five and four. So. They're basically in the second round of the losers bracket, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, are you kidding me right now? This is not this is not second round of the losers bracket matchup. This is semifinal, quarterfinal type matchup stuff." Um, Matt Rolstead versus Eric Casillas. It's going to go twenty one holes. Here is how it played out. And again, I'm going to assume they started on hole one. I actually don't have. Um, I'm not certain if that's the case based on this scorecard because they did not keep score of their extra holes, but we know it went to 21. They push one, they push two, they push three. Eric wins four, they push five. Matt wins six, seven, and eight. So now Matt is two holes up heading into nine. Eric wins nine. They push 10. Eric wins 11. So they are all square heading into 12. They push 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Then 19, 20, and then Eric ends up winning 21. And if I'm mistaken, it looks like hole three was, you know, a deciding hole for a lot of people. Uh, you know, there were four match, three matches that went to 21 holes. And, you know, based on the scorecards that I've looked at here, hole three is one of those that uh, separated a lot of people. So those are my top five matchups. Again, you can disagree. Honorable mention goes to um, Mike Pendleton's win over Eric Casilius in the first round. Um, that easily could have been on there, but I really wanted to get Sean Brown over Aiden Carlson. I thought that I thought that was really really worth being being there as well. Okay, so 
that was the 2023 Match Play Masters. Here's what I'm curious about from you guys, or what I'd like to know from you guys heading forward. Let me make sure I'm still recording here. I am. Okay. We are absolutely going to do a Match Play Masters next year, outdoors. Do we want to do one indoors in the winter? You know, maybe. I'm kind of going to leave that up to you guys. How much fun did you have? Would you want to do it again at Golf Zone is where we would do it. You know, here's how I look at it. At it, I think it's a lot of fun. I didn't have a lot of fun when I was taking an hour and a half to get to get my first ace on video. I didn't love that. Um, it's a lot of fun and it's different and it's a different feel and it's a different vibe. But it's not puttcraft in the sense that puttcraft is stats, right? We have the stats from all the holes we've ever played. Match play isn't that. So it kind of feels a little different. It feels weird when I come home and I'm not entering in stats that night. Um, you know, it's, instead I'm, I'm, I'm updating a bracket. So I don't mind doing it once a year. I, enjoy, I like doing it once a year. Doing it more than once a year outdoors? No, I don't think we're going to do that. Doing it indoors one time and outdoors one time? You know, I could... I could see that. I I think that's something that we should we can absolutely consider moving forward. Speaking of the winter schedule, the winter schedule is as ready as it's going to be right now. So um, I want to reveal it to you is what I'm trying to say. Now, you know, with the summer schedule, we revealed it all at once, and I think it worked really well because we only had to make one minor change in it. We didn't even change a date. We just changed Dred Scott to Loon's Nest, kept the date the same, and I com communicated that really well, I think, with everybody. So this is our 2023-2024. Is that right? Oh my gosh. Winter schedule. There's going to be nine separate events. This is not counting any match play event. If we do decide to do a match play event, we will add it on um, last, uh, or we will add it on towards the end of the winter season. We're going to kick it off um, November 11th, about one month from today, with a double header at Golf Zone. I've made this known to you folks um, in the past that we're, 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 we're going to do a double header. We're doing our first ever double header at Golf Zone in November 11th, noon and two is what we're going to do. Now, it's probably going to be like noon and 2.15. We're not going to start before 2. Essentially, if you're only going to play in one match, if you're only going to play in one tournament, I need you there by 2. If, if you're going to play in the second tournament, I need you there by 2, even though it's probably going to start at, at um, 2.15 or so. So we're going to do a doubleheader at Golf Zone. We're going to see how it goes. I'm cautiously optimistic that it's going to be awesome. Great course. We all love it. A lot of us make a really long trip to get there. Um, so why not? Let's do it. We're then going to head to the ACE course on December 8th for our one and only trip to the Burnsville Grand Slam ACE course. Okay. As we know, this course is wearing out and it it's going to get worse and worse and worse. I guess the way I look at it is let's get to it as early as we can. We're definitely going to play it once a year. Um, you know, would I love them to re-turf it? Sure. Uh, am I holding my breath for them to re-turf it? I'm not. I'm not. Um, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So Friday, December 8th. By the way, we're sticking with the Friday night, Saturday, 
plan with the winter schedule, which worked excellent last year with one minor exception, which we'll get to in a second. So our second event, Ace Course, December 8th, Friday night. Um, and then we're going to continue with the New Year's Eve tradition. This will be our f- third, and it's not worth, excuse me. The Friday before New Year's Eve, this will be our third Grand Slam New Year's event. The 29th Grand Slam Coon Rapids, a Friday night, uh, will be there that night. It gets busy that night, but it's nothing crazy. Um, It's nothing crazy. So um, excited for that one. January 23rd, this is a Tuesday night Moose Mountain Mall of America. This is kind of a TBD to be announced. Uh, I need to make it out to the Mall of America, which I'll do here in the next couple of weeks, just to make sure that the course is in playing condition. I'd heard in the past that there were a couple holes that were out of order, and I'm going to visit it on a Tuesday night just to see, because if there's a line, we're probably not going to do it. We did a Saturday Moose Mountain. It just didn't work. It, it, it was fine. It took us like three, three and a half, four hours to get through both rounds. Um, and it's a cool course. It's a really cool course. And I want to give you folks a chance to break um, uh, the record hold by Justin Hackman. I believe it's 44. So you'll have that opportunity Tuesday, January 23rd. I thought to myself, what's going to be the slowest, (laughs) you know, so not around Christmas, not around New Year's, not around Thanksgiving, not around Valentine's Day. Let's go Tuesday, January 23rd. Let's give it a shot. All right. Um, February 24th, Saturday, another double header at Golf Zone. Now, the reason why we're doing this on this particular date is it's two weeks after the um, the golf show, which we'll be at and we're going to be promoting this event. So I've already reached out to the golf zone and I've told them, hey, w- this could be a really big day. We could have a lot of folks there because I'm planning on talking to a lot of people at the golf show, getting some new folks into Puttcraft and telling them, hey, 10 days from now, 11 days from now, 12 days from now. Um, or I guess two weeks from now, we're going to be at Golf Zone in Chaska, doubleheader, noon, two o'clock. Come on out. We'd like to see you for one or both of them. All right. Grand Slam, March 15th, Friday night, and then Golf Zone, the 30th. Um, that'll be our final event of the league year. That's a Saturday. That's only going to be a single header. I've got it scheduled as a single header right now. If both double headers are awesome and we got a ton of great feedback, we can easily flip that one into a double header. I will note that that day is always going to be super busy at golf zone just because the, um, the golf, uh, season is starting to ramp up again. So the miniature golf course, maybe, maybe not, but last year they told us it was going to be really busy and it was, but, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried at all about that. So this schedule will be posted on Instagram for you to view, take a look at, um, again, it's, it's, it's in pen is what I'll call it. So, you know, there's you know, you've got it in pencil, you've got it in pen, and then you've got it locked and loaded in, I don't know whatever, whatever's paint, I guess. I don't know. I guess, you know, maybe paints the middle cause you can erase paint. So, um, or paint over paint. I don't know. I guess you can paint over pen too. So, all right, that's it for today, folks. Thank you very much. Uh, we will chat with you all soon.